Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and on Thursdays, men focus. And that is an open forum for you to join in, have discussions, and testify or give whatever is on your heart as a, it is an open forum for discussion. We have dialect going on. On Saturdays at 11.30 p.m., you can find us on KKLA. Uh, that is kkla.com or 99.5 on your radio dial, depending uh, where you're located at, but certainly the word of God is going forth. And so I want to invite you to join in and to be partakers of listening. Uh, the Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. But we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. At this time, let's turn our hearts unto the Lord for prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. Lord God, thank you for waking us up this morning, giving us the activity of our limbs. Lord God, you have blessed us with a reasonable portion of health. Lord God, and we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for yesterday, which has come and gone. And we thank you for the time that we have right now. We can live holy unto you. We can live a sanctified lifestyle which you desire, for your word says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We can go through this day without telling a lie, without committing acts of transgressions that are offensive to you. We can go through this day walking pleasing in your sight and doing your will, acknowledging you, Lord, for your direction. Lord God, we can do that. We can, and we set our hearts and commission ourselves to do just that, to obey your word. You said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Lord God, and so we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, as we press, as we push, as we bring ourselves into subjection and present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. Lord God, that, that you would be found, that you would be pleased, Lord. Lord God, as we have gathered together in this place to give you praise, to give you glory and honor, to exalt you above everything. Lord God, not just, not as a cliche, not as a custom of doing things. Lord God, but the life and what you are calling for. Lord Jesus, we'll continue to give you praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we'll have our opening scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. 
Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Bible says, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of the word. Amen. At this time, we're going to go forth and, you know, we want to just acknowledge God and praise and and song and uh, you know I was thinking about some uh, some melodies that from back well you know they like to say back in the day but certainly it has not lost its anointing it has not lost its its meaning and so we want to put our hands together and we want to praise God and before we go into the word and so uh, you know I, I'm sure that what God has to say not not what I have to say but what the Lord has to say is of the utmost importance. And so let's let's tune our hearts in. And if if you will, I uh, want you to contact somebody else. Let them know to tune in to this particular program.
just wanted to remind you how real God is. He's real. Can you feel him in your hands? Can you feel him in your feet? Can you feel him?
Jesus, for blessing me. My God, I know you feel the same way this morning, that you're thanking God for blessing you and for what the only, only what God can do, only what the Lord can do. You know, we're going to go on into the word of God and not going to bore your patience, but you know, God deserves a praise and he deserves a right now praise. He deserves an awesome praise from his people that he has made awesome. And so I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of Ezekiel, excuse me, book of Exodus. Now, today is June 12, 2022. You're listening to the live service of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us for service. If you desire fellowship, please email fellowship at connectingtruth.org. That is fellowship at connectingtruth.org. The book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, the 14th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse, it says, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he have showed to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forth. But lift up thy rod, and stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea want to take a topic from the, the passage that we just read those few verses i want you to know that you can trust him whatever god says you can trust him whatever dream or vision that god has sent to you you can trust him whatever you have read in his word you can trust him. Whatever he is speaking into your heart right now, as you give your undivided attention to the word of God that is being proclaimed through this vessel, you can trust him. Trust means there is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, the ability or strength of someone in this case, we're talking about God and we're talking about God alone. I believe that God is reliable. I believe that God is full of truth, which is our freedom. You know, I was watching a, a show last night and uh, there was a statement made uh, by this individual on the episode and they were talking about truth and sometime the truth 
uh, a lie is necessary. That in itself is a lie. Truth. Truth is freedom. A lie is bondage. Truth, the Bible said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. A lie does something to us. It stops us. It will prevent you. It will steal your future. Many have based things upon the lie that was told to them. And sometimes we knew they were lying, but we went along with it anyway. And it stole something from our future because you would not have taken the path that you took. You would not have done the things that you did uh, if you truly acknowledged it was a lie and stopped it, replaced it with the truth. So the truth is very damaging. There is never a time to lie. We put ourselves in situations where we feel we have to tell the lie instead of the truth. But let's change that. Let's make sure we keep ourselves in a situation where we can tell what well, we will speak the truth and not be embarrassed by it. We're not going to compromise our walk and our relationship with God or his principles uh, for anyone. So therefore, we speak the truth. We practice truth. God is true. And so I believe that God is reliable and full of truth, which is our freedom. I believe that God has complete ability. He has more than enough strength to do whatever needs to be done. His own testimony said, I've lost none. There's no one that the enemy has snatched out of God's hand. I know that there's a phrase out there, an enemy took that. No, the enemy did not take that individual from the Lord. Uh, he has lost none. Now, while I know this is our belief, our dependency, our, uh, our his competency, uh, for us at this time uh, can fluctuate. I know this from personal experience. Now, other, some ministers may not tell you that. But sometimes there is a rise and a fall. There is a shift back and forth from certain. I'm 100%. I'm, I'm certain. You can't convince me in this moment that God is not able you cannot convince me in this moment that he's not reliable and that he is uh, does not have the strength to perform what he is proclaiming. And then there are other times that you might feel like, I don't know if he's going to do this for me. It was just three days ago you said you believed in him. And here we are three days later and, and now there's a slight fluctuation. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you that those it happens. It happens because there are outside influences that come and try to cause the fluctuation. And there are internal things that we are yet overcoming. Uh, the Bible tells us to pull down strongholds and everything that would exalt itself against God. See, that's an eternal issue. 
And so we war. The Bible said that the, the flesh wars against the spirit. And so there is a constant battle that is going on. Now, that's not in every area of our life uh, because we are uh, pressing on. And as we press on, uh, you know, and through that resistant training, if you've ever gone through any type of, of resistance and training, then you know that it builds muscle, it builds some stamina, it builds some. And so every day and every every issue or everything that comes your way is not a problem. You will overcome it. And so, uh, but yet we know that we deal at times with some uh, fluctualities. Uh, there are people that when the, the pandemic became fully aware and everybody was realizing and embracing what was uh, that we are in a, a serious situation, uh, people, faith begin to fluctuate. People didn't, didn't know what to do or what to think in that moment. But here we are today. Here we are. Uh, those that have made it to this point, this place, and this, this time, to understand that, that, uh, that though there may be fluctuation, the word of God brings about stability. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing that of the word of God. That's why sometimes when you're uh, you're thinking a certain way, you find yourself in that rabbit hole. Uh, and then that particular song plays and all of a sudden, bam, you find yourself exiting the rabbit hole and you're all right uh, because it triggered something. It brought something back to your mind that puts you in the right um, place to be. You're no longer fluctuating. Uh, maybe you heard the script or maybe you saw something on the television or, or whatever you were watching or paying attention to, or maybe it was just the, the spirit of the Lord brought a scripture to mind. And, and so therefore it brought about that stability that you needed in that moment. The children of Israel, like you and I was facing situations in this instance they was facing a phenomenal situation and their trust was fluctuating now they trusted god to bring them out of egypt here we are delivered here we are set free we just finished singing lord i just want to thank you uh, clap your hands everybody you know we just finished giving god uh, some praise uh, you know, and, and so we, we know that we're in a good place right now. Deliverance. Uh, you know, we've been delivered from the thoughts that we walked into the building with. We've been delivered from the thoughts that we had when we first tuned in to this live service. And so we're in a good place, but then the enemy comes. And, and so uh, they trusted God to bring them out of Egypt. The children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed from the Egyptians jewels and silver and uh, uh, jewels of gold and remnant. Uh, because the Lord told them, said, I'm going to bring you out at a certain time. And, uh, and prior to that, I want you, this is the instructions that I'm giving you. So they followed those instructions. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now, uh, you're going to walk into some favor. Yes, this, this is the word. This is a prophetic word. 
you are going to walk into some favor. When they went to the people of Egypt, they walked into favor. And so that they gave them what they were asking for, let them such thing as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. So they left out of the presence of that individual or those individuals having the things that they needed and much of it. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, uh, about 600,000 uh, men besides children that traveled. Now, I believe this was about 100, and I think it was 110 miles. Uh, I could be wrong, but, uh, but somewhere around there. Now, I believe our deliverance includes a reboot of the natural man. You know, we come to the Lord and get saved. Oh, thank you, Jesus of glory. And, you know, and we're saved. We're excited. But I believe also that it is a reboot of the natural man and the things that we have need of. Now, let me repeat that again. God delivers us. Uh, and it's not limited to the spirit of an individual. But he is also delivering his concern with the natural man. Now, many times we do not put the emphasis on that because, uh, the, you know, uh, excuse, maybe you were raised like me, where the emphasis was placed upon other things, which was more dynamic to the spiritual man. But when the natural man began to lack, then it brings about a concern. And so God is concerned about the natural man. He didn't want the children of Israel to leave out of bondage, traveling to uh, on their pilgrimage to the promised land, such as uh, such as we empty handed. He wanted them to uh, to receive and to the natural man. So they had what they needed to buy and to trade and to handle business as necessary. God wants you to have the same. When Israel left Egypt, they took with them the wealth, commodities for the journey. Now, I believe he is the same God today as he was yesterday. He is the same God that brought them out. He is the same God that brought you and I out. Deliverance is first and foremost about the spirit man. Yes, it is. Because it is the spirit of the individual that we see acting out in the physics. Such as a man thinking, so is he. That man think that he is a particular way, male, female, then they act out that way. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily bad behavior, but uh, you have to raise your, you have to elevate your thinking. I was speaking with a young man and I was telling him, you need to know your worth, know your value of where you are right now so that you can adjust it to where you want to be. Because the natural man, listen, the natural man can die poor 
of natural substance. Now, before let me go back and let me say this again. Deliverance is first and foremost about the spirit man because the natural man can die poor of substance and still be saved. Now, God is not looking for you that, that have just heard this uh, uh, to walk around being poor, to be uh, being in poverty. And for those that are have a uh, that are um, struggling in certain areas, it is the responsibility of those to have for the poor we have with us always. And he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. So there is a balance that God has where no one is forgotten about. Because the natural man can die poor of natural substance and be saved but cannot die spiritually depleted and survive. Luke 16 and 22 says, it came to pass that the beggar died. This beggar was brought to the rich man's gate and he was laid there daily, hoping to have some kimbles and bits from the rich man table. And so he died. And when he died, he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, having a plethora of things that you and I desire, having the best of the best, more than enough to handle his servants and to, and to pay wages and to do things. So he had enough that he could have given Lazarus uh, 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 to break Lazarus off a piece. You might have enough to break somebody off a piece, even when you don't think you have. You know, maybe you're walking in the, into the store, you go into the deli and you go and buy that eight piece box of wings. And, and so, uh, you know, but then you see someone that is sitting there that need to eat. Do you ask them, would you like something to eat? Um, do you buy for them or, or do you ignore them and shake your head and say, well, that's a shame. Well, the poor we have with us always. And he that gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. And so there is a responsibility that each one of us have. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There is a responsibility that as God elevates you, raise you up, you should never dismiss or forget about the concern of others. You know, my... I applaud and have always applauded the youngest daughter because she has always had a concern about others. And from you saw it in her childhood and all through and even in her adulthood, there remains a concern about others, which makes you then be concerned about her uh, that no one takes advantage of her. And so there is, you know, that. Uh, characteristic should be in all of God's children that God as he raises you up as he brings you into the promises that that he has spoken unto you you should not look at someone else and not encourage them and or uh, stretch out a hand to help them come up to where they need to be I, I remember a, a story about a, a man who was uh, who was down in the subway 
selling pencils and uh, someone walked by him and uh, Les Brown and, and uh, encouraged him and bought some pencils from him. And about a year later, he sees the man again and the man is now working in sales. He has a job no longer setting, selling pencils in the subway area, but he is now selling because of the words that were spoken to him and the patronization that was given unto him in that moment by that individual. Your words go a long ways. Let's go on here. And when Israel left Egypt, they took with them the wealth and commodities. The rich man had the wealth. He had the commodities. He had all the things that he needed. Lazarus did not. The rich man was not saved. But Lazarus, the poor man, was. And so, and, and oh my God, thank you, Jesus. The children of Israel left bondage with enough for their journey. And God is interested in meeting your needs too. If you would, you know, we ought to pat ourselves on, you know, and, and just reaffirm that God will meet my needs. What we have to tell ourselves that. God will, he will meet your needs. And, you know, and, and so uh, you have to, uh, sometimes you need to text someone or, or tweet this or, you know, that you can trust God. You can trust God. You need to remind yourself, I can trust God. When it don't seem like it, Lord, I trust you. I, I know the way I'm feeling, but I trust you. I know what it looks like. I trust you. Israel trusted what God was saying. And so they went from Egyptian to Egyptian as God instructed Moses, as he told them to do. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and uh, of gold and remnant. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, God has some favor and spoils for you. So we ought to expect his greatness. Because he said it, that settled it. You can trust him. Israel leaves the, is, is a, or Egypt is a uh, metaphor of the world. And so Israel, the, the people of God, leaves the world. Uh, but some uh, are, are uh, they find themselves being pursued by the enemy. And sometimes you look back and you find yourself being pursued by the enemy. You, you know, I noticed that there are these robocalls that you get on your phone uh, with, your, with some of your information. Uh, we're calling for uh, Tom Jones, last four of the social is one, two, three, four. And, you know, call this number. Well, if you call that number, they really gonna keep calling you. You know that you don't have a debt to no one. You know that there's nothing that you have outstanding or any of any concern. And let me tell you, if you do have something that you can think of, do not call the robocall, 1-800-ROBOCALL, we bugging you. Do not call that number. Pull your credit report and look at 
who you and what you have outstanding and call them directly and walk through the process after after you have sat down with a pencil and paper and figured out how to settle that account. Now, the Bible teaches about settling accounts. We're not going to go there this morning, but the Bible provides us wisdom about outstanding balances and how to settle the account. And the Lord, when that occurred, when the Lord gave that parable, he said that servant was wise. So you're going to be wise. So he told you when, when God is concerned about the natural man as well as the, the spiritual man. And, and so uh, we can trust him. We can trust him. So you got to remind yourself, I can trust him. I trust God. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I don't have a reason not to trust you. Uh, besides my own, my own inconsistency will cause me to look at you and cast my reflection on you and then say, I cannot trust. You. But I'm not casting my reflection on him because I'm going to reflect him. So I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Exodus 14, the verses that we begin with, it said, and Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day, today. He's going to show you something. For the Egyptians whom ye seen today, the ones that are chasing after you, the ones that you left out when you left Egypt, you thought it was not going to catch up with you. You thought they was not going to bother you anymore. Well, the Bible said that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh, uh, begin to chase after them. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Don't go ahead of yourself, Carl. I'm talking to myself. All right. Listen. Which he will show to you. Okay. So the Bible said Pharaoh pursued after the children of Israel. The soldiers pursued after the children of Israel. A bunch of strong men, uh, mighty men, warriors pursued after the children of Israel. And eventually overtook them, overwhelmed them. The children of Israel looked back, saw the Egyptians over there, saw them and, and began to freak out. They, they, begin, they became concerned, as we do sometimes. We look and see, we got that letter that came in the mail. Hadn't even opened it yet. Just looked at where it was from and became concerned. Maybe opened it up and read it and became concerned. It might have been legitimate. But as I said, there is a way to handle things. And so what uh, comfort Israel felt was now disrupted. And they began to wonder about their situation. Like you and I, they, they struggled, saw the power of God, experienced areas of but now they're experiencing some uncertainties. Even though they knew God, they knew the power of God, they saw the plagues that came upon Israel, they saw the mighty deliverance, God brought them out with a strong hand. I don't recall them rolling on the floor, you know, under the pews or nothing like that, but God brought them out. They were delivered. And, and, and so, here they are now, 
But God sent a word. He said, don't be afraid. Sometimes we look at the situation and we look at our desire and we compare it to what we see and we become fearful. This fear was present. This fear was visible. And it was attempting to influence the situation. God said, stand still. Now, let me change those words here. God said, stop. You know, you know sometimes we go to react. We go to react too soon. God said, stop. Don't react to that. Because see, when we start acting out of emotions, emotions are not rational. Our behavior is not, uh, doesn't remain consistent. You, you got to stop. Stop, stop, stop where you are. Don't take another step. Don't move. Thank you, Jesus. Don't react to the fear. Sometimes we react in fear and we're not making the right decision. We're not making the right move. Don't react in fear. We don't, don't take matters into your own hands, Sarah. Well, you know, the Lord hasn't done it. We've been getting our groove on, you know. We've been smashing and nothing has happened. Go on into Hagar and, and you know, and, and that 14 years later, I'm not looking for a 14 year delay. He experienced a 14 year absence. Mm -hmm. Isaiah was not born until 14 years later. He don't know what would have transpired had he not went into Hagar. Taking matters into your own hands. Listen. Moving on your own impedes the blessing. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. Lord, I trust you. I'm telling you, I'm making that confession right now. I made it yesterday. I made it the day before. And I'm telling you, this is a new day. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Even in my bad hair day, with what little I have, I trust you. Mighty God, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. This is true saying, it's the word of God. So it cannot be anything but true. Let's see, if I, if I trust him, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. So I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna talk to you about the situation. And I'm not going to try to take matters into my own hand. I'm just going to keep acknowledging you. I'm just going to keep looking for you to move on my behalf. And I know that you are going to direct my path. I may not get an answer in this moment that I'm praying, that I'm talking to you, that, that someone is looking at me, walk through the bookstore, with maybe with my lips moving or sitting down, pondering my thoughts, you know, I may not hear from you in that moment, but I know that if I am consistently talking to you about the situation, that you will direct my path. Now, I'm not saying don't take the initiative. 
Remember, the, the initiative is, is that you are doing what's right. They said preparation precedes a blessing. James said that, that uh, if you show me your faith, and I don't know how you're going to do that. He said, I'll show you my works, which is evidence of my faith. And so therefore, my preparation, which is going to precede the blessing that I've asked God for, is uh, actually the works of my faith. That while I am waiting on God, which I am waiting on him for some things right now. Therefore, I am going forward to do the things and to set an order for the things that I am waiting for. That's not taking matters into my own hands. That's not fighting the battles that need to be fought. That's just polishing up my armor. That's just sharpening my sword. That's just polishing my boots so that I look good, so that I am prepared to stand. Preparation is something many and uh, desire. And we desire the benefits of it. Preparation is something that we do. Many don't do, but you need to do it. Cornerstone, prepare. Be prepared. Get prepared. Don't take what I'm saying lightly. The enemy has, uh, the enemy easily uh, plans to shatter hope. Without hope, there is no faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Elders, listen to this. Ministers, listen to this. People of God, listen to this. It is impossible to please God without faith. You must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You'll find that in Hebrews. He is a rewarder. His word says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. His word says that. I'm standing on his word. We're standing on the word of God. Why? Because I can trust him. Why? Because you can trust him. Now, I know that sometimes we, we quote the word of God. Lord, I, your word says that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Well, better than that, let's just diligently seek him. We don't have to, re we can remind him, but uh, he knows his word because he places it above his name. So let's just follow the word. I'm going to follow the word because it is the roadmap to get me where I want to go. The children of Israel uh, fell into a state of mind where they look back and say, you know, we could be in Egypt having some onion and garlic soup. We could be back in Egypt in our bonded state, you know, and with nothing to do but just be slaves instead of being free men. Hmm. Some are living beneath their privilege because they think that having garlic soup and onions is okay. They've gotten used to it. They developed a taste for it. And so... Uh, they're not used to eating anything else. And so that, that'd be fine as long as I can get back to that. They've been institutionalized instead of being actually set free. And so we don't want to look back at that. We've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. That's the song. We've come this far. Yes, it is a new experience for some. And actually, for those that are sitting 
here, it's a new experience. For those that are hearing right now, whether at work or not, it's a new experience. And it becomes part of your testimony. You not gonna look back and wonder how I got over. You know, I used to sing that song, how I got over. I look at over, oh, I look back and wonder how I got over. We're not going to look back and wonder how we got over. We know how we got over. I trusted God. That's how I got over. It was impossible, but I trusted him. It didn't seem doable, but I trusted him. Others laughed at us, laughed at me, laughed at you, said you'll never, but I trusted God. That's how I got over. Not going to scratch my head and say, I wonder. It's not a wonder. I know how we got over. The 14th verse says, the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. Uh-huh. And he got some pretty big hands. He'll fight for you. Now, in the process of him fighting for you, you got to do something. And that's close your mouth. The thing that you would say or express to someone else, sometimes you need to shut it, not say anything. Don't. Well, that's my best friend. No, look, sometimes your best friend need to be put in a state of, of, of quietness. Just be quiet. You don't have to talk about that thing to them because you are waiting on God. They are not God. So we need to study to be quiet. Now, I need you to be still. This is what God is saying. I need you to be still. I don't need you to make any hasty decisions. I don't need you to do anything outside, but I need you to be still. We're going someplace here. We're going someplace. I don't want you to get in the way of this. And so I need to give you these instructions. I don't want you to, uh, to, to stop preparing. No, I need you to continue to be focused in preparing. I need you to keep studying. I need you to keep preparing for that interview. I need you to, uh, someone might have told you, no, you may not have gotten a call back that you was looking for. You got an email. No, no, keep preparing. Keep working toward that. Keep looking for his greatness to give you what you are preparing for. I know this. I know these things for myself. Mm -hmm. I know this all for myself. You know, in the church I grew up in, we have this testimony. 1999, I was coming into the church because I was not in church. I was coming into the church. My children was praying. People, they was, they was going to to the service and, and, and they would raise their hands. Everybody knew what they were about to announce, pray for my daddy. And those prayers went up before the Lord. And here I am right now, reaching out, not just to those present, but uh, reaching out to others all through the week and the ministry is expanding. Let's go on here. Listen, 1999, 1990, excuse me. The Lord began to deal with me. I came into the church. And at that time, we were having service in a daycare. We were using someone that allowed us to use their daycare to have a service. And, and so the, we would all squeeze into the daycare. We had church. 
<laughs> we, we were praising the Lord in that little daycare. And we began to look for a building through wise investments and different things the pastor had made and, uh, and favored with others. And so um, we went to a building and uh, the saints were excited about the building, you know, and, and they marched around the building. They claimed that building and, you know, and looked like all the finances was going to go through, but then it failed. Nothing happened. And when you're dealing with nonprofits, it's there is a regiment of things that they're looking for, and it failed. It failed. And so, of course, you get disappointed. They didn't stop looking. And, uh, you know, one day, Deacon Irvin, my, uh, he was the, the head deacon that, that I served under in the deaconship, and, and he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw a gentleman talking to the pastor and the pastor, let the pastor know that, that I have a place and I want you to have this place. And not only did he work with the pastor, but uh, he helped negotiate the financing and everything for the building, which is now paid for, paid for, I believe 10 years, almost 10 years in advance than what it would have been. But it was a struggle. Now, in the dream, the building that he saw had a name on it. When they went, it was around the corner from the building that we thought we were going to purchase. And when we went to that building in the cement, carved in the cement, when it was poured, is the name Irvin. Look for it next time you visit. Look for it, yes. Well, God didn't stop there. I trust him, I trust him. My ministry was birthed under the tutelage of overseer Blanche Irvin. In 20, 10, they say with every with every level is another devil. Now that's not the Bible. That's what people say. And I know why they say it, but listen. In 2010, between 2010 and 2013, something I never thought would happen occurred. It happened. It was hit with severe depression. It was hit hard. And I began to Examine myself and, you know, as we do, we blame ourselves for different things. When you don't have an answer, you begin to blame yourself. Why didn't that, you know, must not be for, you know, you start to make, you come up with all kind of different strategies and logic of why something may be happening in your life, you know, to try to fill in the blanks. It doesn't work that way. And so, uh, uh, it was pretty hard. I was out of work. Did nobody know I didn't have a job? My, my daughter, I don't even know if she even knew it. But I didn't have a job. I wasn't telling nobody I wasn't working. The only thing I had left was integrity. I didn't have nothing else. I was in a, a dark place. I was in a dark place. Brokenness was in my voice. I remember I stood up one time in a service to was asked to minister. I stood up and uh, my 
someone came to me after he said, I could see that it, it, that it took everything in you just to speak those few words. That's how bad it was. And we don't always talk about how, you know, most of the time you hear people talk about things, they're talking about their sickness. I was sick, you know, I had, you know, th this, but there are emotional things that occur in our lives as believers too. There are things that hit us mentally, that hit us physically, that hit us spiritually. And I'm sharing that with you right now that I trust God. I trust him. I was trying to function. I was the leadership coordinator still over the, working with the leaders. And there was a bishop that discerned something was going on. And I hadn't spoken with any males. You know, every my business is not everybody's business. Neither is yours. And this minister, this bishop spent two days ministering to me, talking to me about the brokenness, talking to me about what I was dealing with, talking to me about how people will put you down, how people will uh, deplete you, how people will, will criticize you. And he said, you have to go through this in order for greatness to come out of you. I hadn't thought about it like that. I hadn't it hadn't known that until he brought this to my attention. And he worked with me and he gave me instructions. And to this day, he has actually passed, gone on. But to this day, I am still following those instructions that he has given me. Now, God stepped in. God stepped in. God's better than Jacoby and Myers. You know, the personal injury lawyer, he's better than all state, like a good neighbor. He was there. His insurance and his assurance did not lapse because I was unemployed. I knew what God can do. I know what he can do. And I know he will fight for you. I know that from the personal experience I've had. And I know that from all the words that were spoken to me in the brokenness and where God has brought me from and where I am right now, even to the extent of my enemy. Now I use the term enemy and I use that lightly because I don't view them as an enemy. But in that moment, the enemy was using him just like the enemy persuaded Job friends. And the difference that they have acknowledged and the elevation that they have seen in my life. I say that to say God will fight for you, but you've got to be quiet. You've got to hold your peace. You've got to stand still to see his salvation. The 15th verse says, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore cries thou unto me? Why are you crying about this? Speak unto the children of Israel that they might, that they go forward. There are things you have need of and the family desire, your family you desire and so does God. Now I, I need you to make, a, uh, make your way. Listen here, listen here. Wherever your altar is in your house, you need to make your way to your altar, not the 
alternative. Make your way to the altar, not the alternative. And acknowledge God. Some are listening right now, driving, and others are at work, others are, uh, but I, I want you to, to think about what is being said. I don't want to distract you. You know, you're working with heavy machinery, all that kind of stuff. But I want you to remember, make your way to the altar, not the alternative. The 16th verse says, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground. Moses had something in his hand. The minister, the leader had something in his hand. And the this is something that the elders usually carry. Now understand, the staff is not just something that Moses had. There were others that were there that had staffs. Because if you look at the staff, the staff had edged in it, family history and information and documentation. That's why they carried staff. Okay? Some had scrolls. Sometimes they had scrolls wrapped around. Staff. So that staff, that stick was important. It's not something you would lose. You would hand it down to someone. And so Moses had something in his hands. Now, this staff, there was nothing special about this stick that Moses had. There was nothing special about it. The only difference is that the word of God and his obedience had an impact on the staff. The word of God, his impact, your obedience has an impact on your finances. It has an impact on your studies and have an impact on the influence that you have when you come into the presence of others. It has an influence, excuse me, it has an influence on all of those things and the desire of your heart. It has an influence on that. I'm, I'm rushing to get through this. There are always excuses, but for every excuse or every hiccup, there's an antidote. You have to take the antidote. And so uh, we don't want to ride excuses. Uh, we don't, and you know, you need to apply some common sense to what you do. Uh, we don't want to claim. Uh, 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 we don't want to claim things that are out of order. Now, going to school to learn a skill set is one step at a time. And people say, well, "I can't go back to school." What you're thinking about is that you're trying to finish a two-year course in one day. No. One day, one class a semester. We make all these excuses. Get rid of the excuses. Get rid of the excuses. Now, my brothers, sisters, let, let me let me digress for a moment here. Now I'm, I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna be done here. When was the last time you picked up a book to learn a trade? You don't like where you are. You don't like what you're doing, but you won't pick up a book and try to read and learn something. You want to increase yourself. And, and I'm really talking to those that are in churches. I'm going to pray about it, but, you, but you're not being about it. You're praying about it, but you ain't doing nothing. When's the last time? We spent thousands on phones, cars, but not on self-improvement. There's laptops that are collecting dust right now. You won't open the laptop up, watch a YouTube video on, you're watching a YouTube video on preachers and sermons and singers, but when you should be watching a YouTube video or a tutorial on teaching you a trade, teaching you how to improve your job skill, 
teaching you something that you don't know, that you never looked at, or rehearsing something that you do know and showing you a better. So if you've been using, uh, let's say for instance, you've been using version four and here it is version 10 existing, how many things are you missing in between that to make your job easier? So that when you do it, you can wow somebody. You know, you need a wow project on your job. You need a wow project. Something that when your supervisor look at it, they say, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that you kept hitting because you've been working on it, and then all of a sudden it's a wow. You talk about the big bang thing, it's a big bang to them. Sometime, now I'm 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 finishing up here, but you but you need to learn stack some cheese, move into your own place. Not hers, ladies, don't let him move into your place. Don't let him move into your apartment. He living with his with with his mama. He's still living with his his dad. He living with someone else instead of having his own place. Now, if they are splitting, I can understand if if if, if they got a four thousand square foot home that they're renting together. You know him and his buddy because you know. But now, um, you know, mm -mm, that's different because that that's a luxurious place here. But if he just went out, well, you know, my situation is not that good. You know, he living between his car and, and someone else's place. Don't let him move in with you. Mm -mm. Friends don't allow friends to drive drunk. All right. Something's not right there. Your prayers and excuses are not a testimony. <laughs> Complete deliverance. <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> God wants complete deliverance of our spirit man, our natural man. And so the Bible tells us in John, the third chapter, beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. Listen, we're expanding ministry. The Lord has blessed us. He's enlarged our borders. There are souls that are being reached out to in a number of ways and we are really looking to expand uh ministry as we should and, and so um i'm a firm believer that that people the people of god should also be expanding and uh, being and prospering as well prospering as well because that is the will of god that's his will that's his will. And so with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word this morning, Lord God, this, this exhortation and Lord, this teaching about, uh, about the fact that we can trust you. I trust you, Lord God, and want to encourage your people to trust you no matter what hardships have come, Lord God. And as I have shared the, the, the hardships that I have experienced, the things that have occurred in my life and Lord God, and some of them may even be dealing with the same thing right now, but Lord, you brought me out. You, you, you established my going and gave me wise device, wise advice, helped me make the proper decisions, Lord God. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you. I, I can even thank you for the afflictions that I did suffer, Lord God, because I've learned from those things. And I appreciate the fact that, that nothing has gone to waste. 
Lord God, and, and so each one that is under the sound of my voice that have heard the word and that will hear it later, Lord God, we just uh, we just thank you, Lord, and, and pray for their understanding, Lord God, and their uh, and their obedience and standing still and seeing your salvation, Lord God, so that they can experience the, the complete deliverance and elevation that you have for them in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and as we are uh, expanding this ministry, Lord Jesus, and you know the desires and the things that we are have uh, are planning to do, Lord, uh, Lord God, and we just pray and ask that you would bless each one that places their hand upon this gospel plow, Lord God, each one that is supporting the ministry, Lord God, each one that is praying and uh, holding us up, Lord God, as we are also praying with them and for them, Lord God, we just thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just honor you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord, for what you have done, and we honor you for what you're going to do with us, through us, by us. Lord God, we're going to testify and tell of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Listen, friends, my prayer is that something has been said to encourage your heart. I want you to join in with us uh, again on, on Tuesday. Uh, Bible class as we are in the book of Genesis. You know, and we found out that in the book of Genesis, you know, as you read the creation, there's a whole bunch of praise going on with every step they took. Excuse me, with every step the Lord took in creation, he looked at it and said it was good. And then he did something else. As you go through your day, as you come to an end of your day, look back at it. Examine it. If it was good say it was good, and then take the next step to do something else. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please don't send my